Welcome to the Drunk Guys Book Club, where books aren't just for school, where book clubs aren't just for women, and this beer is liked and well-liked. I'm Mike. I'm Nate. I'm Jimmy. And we are the Drunk Guys, and this week we're reading Death of a Salesman by Arthur Miller, and Nate is starting the beer. So, spoiler, it's called Death of a Salesman. So, if you ask at the beginning, like, oh, he's this guy is weird. He's not all right. Is he going to be okay? You might answer, prognosis negative. <laughs> That's like a By Jimmy Greenpoint. <laughs> By Greenpoint. That one's pretty straightforward, I think. I think I mean, like, the point is he doesn't have any green. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Good point. This is a New England style double IPA, 8.2% alcohol. Mm, it's good. So, Death of a Salesman is our. This is our second Artie Miller uh, episode. This is his play from 1949 that won the Pulitzer for drama and has been is widely considered one of the best plays ever. Just at least of the 20th century. Just so goddamn good. Is it? Uh, so its main character is. Prognosis negative? Willie <laughs> Loman. No, actually, I think it's pretty good. Uh, Willie, I did like it too, yeah. <laughs> Willie Loman is the main character. Which is a great court. name for a midget who does porn. You know, I, I heard a joke. I was like, <laughs> I, got, I got arrested today for telling a woman her hair smelled nice. I don't know why everyone's so mean to dwarves. <laughs> oh, God. It's <laughs> like, what? Oh, fuck. He's the dwarf. <laughs> I, I could have told it better. Anyway. <laughs> The other good joke I heard was, uh, since I see Jimmy's bookshelf behind him, he's trying to look imposing. And my bookshelf has no books on it now, because I packed them all <laughs> up. Uh, I, went in, I went into the library, and I was like, hey, do you have that book for men with extremely small penises? And she said, I don't think it's in yet. I said, yeah, that's the one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so so <laughs> Willie Loman, uh, whose name is is really, you know, it's a... What's that like nominative determinism? It's like, will they loan him? And the answer (laughs) is no, they won't loan him more money after a certain point. But he is an older salesman. He's 63. 63. He's past his prime, baby. I mean, in in 1949, that was basically a thousand because, you know, didn't when they start Social Security, the average person lived like 18 months or something, like past the date of starting to collect it. Was it something ridiculous? It was like only that? a few years. They were like, "Listen, give them uh, three bucks a month. They'll pay in their whole lives. They'll get. A, they'll collect twenty nine dollars at the end of it. Fuck them." And then this the boomers were bad. like, "Hold my beer." And then they said, "We will live forever, <laughs> <laughs> and we won't have enough children to prop this up." So Willie Loman is sixty three years old, and he is a salesman, and he's coming home to his house, his wife Linda, and he is. He's fucking insane. His fucking brain yeah, is broken. He's, he he's, is. he's got brain pudding. <laughs> it's the one thing he can't sell. Uh, <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's like, J-E-L-L-O spells pudding. Like, Willie, oh my God, please. You have to. <laughs> Willie, just sit down. Don't talk That's anymore. not going to age well. <laughs> so he is a unsuccessful salesman. By the end now. of the book, he'll also be unsuccessful at life. But right now, well, he's kind of unsuccessful at life now. Uh, he, you don't even know what he sells. It's inter- it does not matter. It does not say what he sells. He uh, sells himself, damn it. He sold himself out to the American dream, which oh. chews you up and spits you out. And well, that's just the price of... 
business. Oh, you fucker. I was about to get a beer in there. <laughs> <laughs> Open it too. Fuck it. Whatever. That's it's a short book, and this is a 13% stout, and I got to start oh right now. Oh, my God. Is it called The Price of Business? No, it's just called Business. Oh, that's, that's perfect. That would have been amazing for Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> Guys, I saw a beer today, and I so wish they had it for Fifty Shades of Grey. It was called Banana Cream Pie. <laughs> <laughs> Also, that also could have worked for Outlander. Uh, yeah, any book with fucking in it. Uh, uh, those those two series time. feature a tremendous amount of cunt spackling, just yeah. shooting in the plaster. Yeah, it's like spray Intra- foam insulation. <laughs> uh, this is from Stillwater, and it's a thirteen percent stout. And good luck to me. It's got molasses and muscovado. It's a sugar. That. It's brown sugar. Oh, okay. It's like an unprocessed sugar. It's not like crazy sweet, but it's not like that unearthly bitter malt thing that the other kind of stouts get. It's like right, right in the middle there. So they just get down it does to take care of it takes care of fucking business. <laughs> it's thirteen percent. I can feel it vaping off of my fucking tongue when I drink it. Oh, Ooh, good lord! It's it's good though. It's good though, and uh, it's a small boy because if you drank a big one of this, you'd probably be dead. Oh, I was like, worried that your like hands willing. had been stung by bees, and that that was. <laughs> oh, they have. Both have. Both things have happened. How little were your hands? Okay, so <laughs> okay, Carney. Uh, so the doll's hands. So he comes back, and, and it's it's not really clear in the beginning uh, what the hell's going on. But it's he's had car problems, and his wife is like hitting him with a whole litany of bills they have to pay that are comically cheap. (laughs) We got to pay for the whole new roof. It's eighteen (laughs) dollars. Whatever the fuck it is. No, no, it was the last payment on the roof was twenty one dollars. And it's like we got to replace the the belt in the refrigerator. It's. You know, why don't you just tell it to stop losing so much weight? Ho! Oh. <laughs> but he's like, I-, I thought we got a good one. They advertised it. And she's like, oh, apparently they got to like break him in. Like, no, no, that's different than things breaking. <laughs> you fucking dumb people. But, so, but it's like, she's, no, 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 God damn it. You fucking, no, no, go Jimmy, ahead, go Jimmy ahead. cut me. He, he did a hostile takeover <laughs> of my business. Career. Business. It's the he, price of business. He's like, I, she's like, we got to pay for all these things. It's like she's hoping he pulls out some blank checks. <laughs> this is blank checks from Killsborough. <laughs> There's a double dry hopped, double IPA. It says it is brewed with two row flaked oats, white wheat, heavily dry hopped with Simcoe and Citra. And it's 8.2 percent alcohol. Ooh, that's that is a that's a yummy boy. As that's the what the lady said, said yeah. in the movie Blank Checks when she kissed that little boy. I know. When he, you know what's funny? He, it was a million dollars that movie. A million dollars oh, in yeah. like 1993 meant you were you were Elon Musk. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Nate, did you he see kept this yelling movie? about a hyperloop? No. Like, kid, shut up and just enjoy your <laughs> castle. <laughs> he just kept responding to comments made by people with three followers whose names were like Doobie Man four two nine eight. Like, you're a you're the world's richest man. Why do you talk to them? Uh, so then, what happens, Nate? All right. So <laughs> Willie Loman. So one of the way this one of the ways that this play is written is that in order to like English. hear all of Willie Loman's like thoughts and fears and what he's like thinking about or imagining about, or is, as it's that he has no inner melts. monologue. <laughs> yeah, right. But it's that he has no inner monologue. He just says everything out loud. He literally it's an outer monologue. It's an outer <laughs> log. It just like he just 
but ton- but there's other characters there talking at you, and there's sometimes different places. It's kind of like a travel log. <laughs> yes, another thing about the, he was this, a traveling salesman. <laughs> the uh, yes, another thing about it is that it's if time is very fluid. Like who he's talking to. Some of the characters are purely imaginary. And then there's also he in his mind is traveling back in time to earlier in his life, you know, his glory days, back to where really his son's glory days, because that's what he cares most about. One of the sons. Um, Yes. Uh, And so that's kind of what he's doing a lot. And so reading it was quite confusing. And so I cheated. (laughs) Is that I played, I watched the movie version while I had the, the uh, script out was on it my the iPad. Dustin Hoffman version? It was the Dustin, Dustin Hoffman one. From the one I watched in, in high school. Five. Did it get really confusing when you started counting toothpicks? Definitely, definitely. Uh, no, what's confusing is that Dustin Hoffman is in it and John Malkovich plays his son and they're like the same age. And John Malkovich is he's like Benjamin Button, but like he also <laughs> stopped aging. <laughs> John Malkovich... I would love to see what like John Malkovich's high school yearbook picture looks like, and you must be like, "That's Frankenstein's monster!" Like, how could it be? <laughs> he was never a young man, even forty years ago when that movie came out. You was never my age. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so Willie Malkovich, he's sixty-three. Oh my god, he looks. Oh dear lord, he looks. It looks like a, the picture you'd post of like, and here he was. He was an unassuming young man before he murdered those 39 women. <laughs> that is a an intense picture of John Malkovich. <laughs> but he was already Anyways. fully bald by 1985. And just... You uh, wore a wig. Made of dead women's pubes. <laughs> 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 All right, so sorry. So, okay. Willie Loman. He's in his. You get. You find out that he's like in his sixties, but he's still having to work as a tra- as a traveling salesman, and that he's he. But he's also like dreaming about being a good traveling salesman, and he clearly isn't. Well, he he used to be. Yeah, well, he used to be. But it sounds like he used on. to be okay, but he never used to be great. He, he never well, used he, to he, be he, really it, successful. He did it pretty well. Like he at did. One point. He he opened up the entire New England market to his company selling okay. you know, widgets. But, he said that. I think somebody that else was... didn't say that about him. He said that he did that, I meaning mean, you cannot rely on it. It's true, but I mean, he did basically raise his whole family doing that, which at the time was not, you know, wasn't crazy to do so. That was normal back then. But he must have been doing. He must have been doing pretty okay. I mean, he was doing like at least by. moderately successful. I'm just questioning about if he was ever. Yeah really successful at any one time. Besides, people can get lucky. People can get some lucky breaks for a couple for a year and have a good year. There is, I'm not going to remember any of the right details, but there is a point, I think it was like 19, he's like, back in 1928, I was bringing home $117 a week or some number he shoots out there. And it says when he goes to beg for the... To the he boss. says, he says like, like, I was, I brought home 170 commissions. The guy's like, I don't think he ever did that. He's like, yes, I did. He's like, but we don't know who's right because also this is the boss's shitty son. But it's also like he's in those glory days of 20 yeah. years ago. Yeah. So at this point in the story, he is way, he is on the wrong side of everything. He's past his prime in every single way. And you also find out prime. that. You also find out that his two like adult children are still living in the house. Always a good sign. Although whoa, whoa, whoa. one of them is not really living. One of them is definitely living <laughs> in the house. One's a drifter. <laughs> and the other one, yeah, is that. So Biff 
is the drifter, but he has come back to visit. He has come back just kind of like, uh, maybe he just had nowhere else to go. I can't quite remember. That's but. short for Bifford, right? What is Biff? I don't know what the fuck. How do you name each other Biff? That's like a sound effect from Batman comics. It's short for Benifer. I think, I think it's Biftholomew. <laughs> <laughs> Biftifer. He's like from, he's like a really derpy guy from Spain or something. Biftifer. <laughs> no? Nate, did you it know people named Biff growing up? I never met a like, My one. father's named Biff, you piece of shit. <laughs> Nate's look, Jimmy's know. looking up. Like babynames.com, Biff. <laughs> Nate's parents' names. No. <laughs> Adam. <laughs> uh, Eve? Was that what it? Biff is, it's, they just say, it's Biff is from Back to the Future and from fucking this play. Holy shit, was the bully from Back to the Future his son? <laughs> <laughs> it's the, I have the, never heard the, the name. The name Biff is a boy's context. name of American origin, the quintessential mid-century nickname famously found in the play. So it's not... From the play, but it was like it's a, it is a it made popular it is by such that. a dumb name. I mean, the other son's name is stupider. Uh, Given that, <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's because they used to call punches Biff, so it was like saying call someone like Chip. Like I think it's, I think it's also kind of like a like fister. A, it's like a macho name, you know. Like it's like, yeah, like a masculine kind of guy nickname. Yeah, it's like it's like a fighting word. I, say, I, have, I have a cousin whose name is everyone calls Butchie. Butch was his nickname growing up in like the seventies. Not because he was a lesbian, but because he was always <laughs> fighting with people, and like that meant that was like not associated with that yet. It yeah, was Biff Butch, was a was a sports was ball player as a child. So you know, I mean, I would love to find out what his real name was. That like he became like super macho. His name was like Tad or something. Well, the other kid is Happy, and his name is Harold. Yeah. Anyway, which is not a huge leap, yeah. but still dumb. You just pick an adjective that starts with the same letter as your name? Yes. This was the 50s. That is why I refer to Nate often as nasty. Well, the 40s. <laughs> Naughty. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what happens next? What, what happens to start? We haven't gotten anywhere. <laughs> so you find out that the reason why Willie is is out on the road, like, trying to make sales is that he's... Okay, so he had a salaried position at his job at the sales, whatever he's in sales, whatever his sales were. But he's been not fired from the company, but he's been he's they've taken away his salary and they're making him go back on the road to make sales to on commission, working entirely on commission. And he's miserable. He hates it. And he's not he's good driving at it. <laughs> this old car, old car, and I think he's not good at it. I think it's not just because he's old. I think he was never very good at it. But he also, but like I said, it goes back and forth in time. And like, and there are also no, in the first act, there are no cuts. There are no like end of scene one. And then it's flashback to 1928. It just like fades into the next scene with no, you just kind of have to realize that's what's happening. And this is where watching the movie along with it was definitely the right way, the right thing to do because it made it much, it was much easier to follow. It was still a little bit confusing. Like, why are they dressed like that? Oh, okay. This is the 20s now. So that definitely helped. But anyway, you find out that uh, he, he like, he's angry about it and that he's clearly not make, bringing in enough money. You find out that he's borrowing at least $50 a week from his neighbor Every week, and he's then, but also he's a proud man and he just wants to be liked, he just wants to be successful, and none of that has happened to him. He's instead 
you know, at the end of a life, at the end of a career, like totally broken. Yeah, the system used him and spit him back out. He, he was, you know, you have you chased that paper, believing if I do this thing and that thing, these those line up, which is what most of us go through life doing. And at the end, it was like, nope. And he's shocked that the corporation that he worked for doesn't care about him at all. Which you know, I feel like that's. We now in 2023, we know that, but you know, maybe in 1949, that was a little bit more of a surprise. I think this it was much more common back then for people to work their entire working lives for just one company. This was back in the day, you'd work a long time and then they'd get you a gold watch, you know, like you, there was a very different sense of loyalty. I saw a funny tweet the other day where someone was like, Don't these, these is something they affect these fucking people in front of me in traffic. I need to be exploited by my corporation now. (laughs) (laughs) It's my cousin works for Rolex and they had a thing where after you work there for 10 years, you get a watch, not a crazy watch. watch. It's not a Rolex. You get a a watch. It's got the light in it though. So you can see the time, (laughs) but uh, they recently said they're not going to do that anymore. Yeah. That's Rolex. (laughs) That's what they make it there. And they're printing money and, you know, selling, Hundred thousand dollar watches to people who are to whom money is meaningless. To people who have no, and there was such no a revolt that the people were like, anybody who works here gets it still, but anybody we hire from now on doesn't get the watch anymore. Well, we've seen like, that. I mean, finally, like, I don't want to get all workers' rights on you, fucking two commies. But you've <laughs> seen the whole like last century of like pensions have disappeared. Like yeah. very, like, I remember my dad worked for Con Ed, and he had a pension he'd retired in, but. At a certain point, he was appalled. He's like, they're not doing pensions anymore for people who came in after a certain age. So, of course, now it's gotten down to the point of like, eh, we're not giving you the free watch or the free, like, uh, you pick out of a book. Which one of these, like, dumb prizes do you want? It's like it's like a magazine sale, <laughs> like in middle <laughs> school. Like, oh, I'm eligible for something from column E. Look at this. So, I think it was very different when this a came wall out. Or a bouncy ball. It's like, oh, a weevil. <laughs> I remember that was a big thing in the magazine sales in school. But he, he's shocked by that. He doesn't seem to understand why he has all these personal attachments to people or personal stories. And they, somebody tries to tell him, like, dude, no one gives a fuck about that. He's like, I, name, he, I helped name his son or he helped name my son or something like that. And they're like, no one, that makes zero dollars. So you do not get anything. No one cares. He just can't let go of that. Like, what does he keep saying to Biff? He put his arm around you. He wouldn't. Why does you have a you have a relationship with people? You're like I used to go into town and they would just let me right in to see the buyer. I didn't have to wait in the lobby. Like, he, he does not understand that the, either that world never existed, like you know, the, or or that world has has gone away now. He can't get over that. And he also because he he wants he has this dream of success and he like and he's at the end of his life very disappointed that he not that he did not achieve it but also like he thinks like so he has this memory of his either older brother or his cousin or something named Ben who it's his brother. reappears it's his brother yeah. it is old yeah his, it's his it's his older brother who just like appears as a who's dead but appears as like a ghost or a figment of his imagination at multiple times in the play and he just kind of walks in it's this fig this ghost named ben kind of walks in and says oh you just go to africa and walk out rich rich which and was then true this, in the 1800s like, <laughs> also yes. just ask europe 
<laughs> but he, he makes left it sound in the middle easy. there. Uh, it's more like if it's you, almost if like if you can walk out, you walk out rich. <laughs> Many of you will die of malaria. But Willie has this dream of essentially making it big, and he thinks the easy way to do it is to just be a salesman. But also, you know, and then if you're just good at sales, whatever sales are, then you know you become rich and comfortable. But he sees guy, but he sees guys that do it, including his brother, who. You know, how many Africans did he have to exploit to get those diamonds? Who knows? But right, a, it's dark say. in the jungle, but you walk, but it's filled with diamonds, is what he says. Something like that is a line at one point. Like, ooh, okay. Yeah. And then, um, okay, so you get that, but then you also start to get the backstory of Biff, who is there. He's, yeah, he's basically, I mean, he's in his mid 30s. 34, which to all of us now is young. <laughs> <laughs> That young whippersnapper just can't seem to find his calling. And, and if, you know, because he just goes from like random job to random job. You find out later it's because he's like stealing. But as and he's like he, a farmhand. You know, he's like, yeah. he's like punching cattle in the nose. <laughs> he's, like, he's just not, he, he's doing shitty work as far as the dad is concerned. But the kid, he claims to like it. Biff claims to like it. And I don't know if we ever find out that's like not the case if he's just claiming that or if he really does like he it. He likes it, but he feels like he's not being paid enough. Well, doesn't don't we all, dude? Uh, but yeah. <laughs> and getting fucking lined, Biff. But he, you know, this is one of the, but, you know, this, uh, well, let's get to the end of the book. Why do people read this in fucking every high school class? Mm-hmm. But here you can see there's like a, a, con- a conflict between the urban salesman kind of world and the Rural, uh, get along little doggies farmer world of Biff, but, but his, also Willie keeps talking about like he wishes he could work in the outdoors and he likes working with his hands. And he wants to stuff. grow onions in Brooklyn. He's a he's a he's the first hipster. That's what he was. He was yes, the first yes, yes. hipster. <laughs> he drives an old shitty car, ironically, <laughs> and he wants to grow. Heirloom onions in Williamsburg. But he, but he fixed up his entire house like by himself. And he's like, you know, you're not a man if you can't use tools. And he likes doing that. But that's not a way that he's going to make it big. So he can't do it. That's the same line I uh, have had used when, when, uh, whenever the strap-on comes out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'll go for more, man. <laughs> yeah. You have this, you know, part a big part of the conflict of the play is between Biff and Willie. Whereas Willie wants Biff to be a star, to, you know, to be big and successful, like he wants for himself, because he feels like that's important to not just right. be liked, but to be well liked. He's projecting to be the successful fuck out of that vision. Yes, because well, okay, and so you get these like flashback scenes where it's. Biff in high school, and he's the football star, and he's going to go to, it's the 20s, and he's going to go to college to play football, this is and back to, like, when go to football, college. People died playing this game. <laughs> there was no equipment. They're well, just, they died on the field as opposed to four years later. Yes. Of soft brain. One, one NFL player, there's an NFL player who died on the field in, the, I want to say, like, 1970. Like, that, that actually happened. But back then, you'd die on the field, and they'd be like, oh, Pip, old sport, you fruit. And then they'd leave him there. And I'm like, wow. Was, <laughs> first down. <laughs> That's what you get. You should have drunk a gallon of milk a day like I did to get these muscles or whatever, like old-timey bullshit they believed. <laughs> I have a, Every morning, I have a dozen uh, the, raw the eggs. Gaston, the Gaston diet. <laughs> yeah, just, they're, they're, they're lactose tolerant. 
<laughs> very, very lactose tolerant. So Biff was going to be a star. He was going to be... So first he was going to like... He was a football star. He was going to go off to college. And if you go to college, I mean, at that time, that was a really big deal because not nearly as many people went to college until the GI Bill. So in the 20s, only a few people went to college. Anyway, and so it was a very big deal. And it's like the key to success. I mean, kind of as it is now, but even more so back then. It and was so, still very elite. Like it was will, yeah, very, very, very selective. Sure. It wasn't I think like my grandpa went to college around then. His graduating class was like, 15 or some you know, shit like that. And they were so mad that one of those guys was a Jew. They were like, God <laughs> fucking damn it. Get out of here, Shlomo. <laughs> like, seriously, like, it was like in the 20s, like Harvard was like, fucking, we got to tamp down on the Jews. Like, they start. Yeah, like, they had the quotas. Like, Too, no. Or not a quota so much as a limit. Yeah. No, thank you. You could go. And then they went to like the other school systems, but this, it was still an elite largely thing and it might have been shifting at this point but it was still very much viewed as a thing of like the upper class because i was the only people who went to college in america for a long time it was like the finishing school for the the youth of you know the elite and it wasn't even that expensive at least compared to today but people just didn't go up through the 1940s most 1940s maybe into the 1950s like most like uh, CEOs, managers, like upper level managers of these big giant corporations only had a high school diploma. It was common. Well, it was also a high school diploma then was a lot more rigorous because that was also because like, everybody got them too. Yeah, very, know? not everyone did. And, and so getting a high school diploma was like a certain, I mean, it was kind of the equivalent of a bachelor's degree today. <laughs> you know, like having a bachelor's degree today is kind of in many fields like that's not even enough or like you just, eh, you could start, but having a high school diploma was like, all right, good. You could, you know, that's enough of a, you've proven yourself. Um, and if you had like, you know, a lot of jobs required zero, zero high school. Like, you, like yeah. Working on assembly line does not require a high school diploma, which is what most people did, especially in America of anywhere before the 1970s. Um, Running a so, podcast. Okay. You've, got, <laughs> you've got this thing where we are Willie thought his son... <laughs> Vastly overqualified. <laughs> well, but the but the beard dumbs us down, so you know puts us right in right in the zone. <laughs> um, so anyway, you got this thing that's happening where, like, in in Willie, he thought his son was going to be great, he's going to be a star, which he was very proud of. But then we, but that was in his flashback, and we know in the present day of 1949 that Biff is like a total what loner, a total like loser, underachiever, you know, underachiever for sure. And that Willie is very mad about that. And you you don't exactly know, you don't know till the second half that there's a reason for that. And that also, that's another reason why they don't like each other. I mean, so Biff is like, really doesn't like his father, doesn't get along with his father because he thinks his father's very disappointed in him, which he is. But yet the father is also incredible, feels incredibly guilty because he thinks it's his fault, which you actually don't find out till the end. That it is. Why? That it is his fault. Yeah, definitely. Um, and so you get these flashbacks and you get these different scenes and it's kind of like laying the backstory. And this is the first act. It's like laying the backstory. You find out all this stuff. But then right at the end of act one, Biff is like, you know what, dad? 
I've got an idea because they're because the dad Willie is like feeling so low and he's just ranting and raving in the middle of the night to like Ed, to low, himself man? or <laughs> to himself or to anyone or to just and and Biff is like you know what I'm just gonna I, I can do this I'm gonna go make something of myself and, the, and at the mom has revealed that the dad has been like half ass trying to kill himself for a while. He's been leaving like a, like yeah. a rubber hose by the boiler room furnace. It's so. a really weird method to do it. It's like sucking on the carbon monoxide from the boiler. Maybe he's just doing like uh, whatever the equivalent does of like choking yourself whippets. while you jerk off. Like maybe that's yeah. what he was doing there. <laughs> if you're pulling a Michael Hutchins, he's just had a belt around his neck and just wax it. <laughs> There's a name for that. I can't remember what it's called. Autoerotic association. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, it's called a good time, Jimmy. But right. <laughs> it's called fucking knock next time. There's <laughs> but, but the mom, David Carradine. The mom, yeah, right. <laughs> Not a Carradine in the world when you're doing that. But the mom is like, yeah, it's just so weird, you know. I just I'm a little worried about him. He just keeps trying to commit suicide in the basement, <laughs> and uh, I but know, like inefficiently. It's just, uh, he just, you know, he just needs a good break. He's <laughs> just like, what the fuck, mom? Also, someone no. saw him draw drive his car off a bridge once, but luckily it wasn't really that much of a river, so he's okay. So we're good. <laughs> <laughs> it's more of a creek. So she says, like, oh, yeah, so we think he should, the insurance, the car insurance has a witness that says that he just, there was, there was no other traffic. He just drove off the bridge. And so, but he happened to, but it happened to be shallow water. So he happened to be fine. I, uh, I think he just fell asleep. Yeah, it's, he's just and like baby, but it's also like her self denial. But then, but she's also not in denial because she's like, yeah. And he leaves a hose connected to the whatever i don't even exactly know how this would work but it hose and i just i just can't take it away from I, I see the hose every day and i want to take it away but i just can't because because he needs some self-respect or he like it would embarrass him to know if he knew that every if everyone knew that he was trying to kill himself a little bit sometimes and this is where biff should have said mom that's not embarrassing him i once walked in on him with one of his hose <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler. Spoiler. <laughs> it didn't count. It was in different area codes. <laughs> it was the area codes loophole. It was, it was a different time zone. It was mountain time. No, it was still Boston. Was that exhibit? Yeah, still, still same time still zone. Still same time zone. Damn it. Anyway, so at the end of Act 1, you find out that... Uh, so, like, Biff has got these ideas. Like, Dad, tomorrow I'm going to go see oh, Tell them dude. what their idea is, because it's fucking dumb. <laughs> He's like, oh, that guy, and I don't remember Oliver. his name. He's like, he'll stake you. Yeah, Oliver, he'll stake you. And like, what does that mean? It means that Invest. Biff thinks he can go to this guy and say, hey, you remember me? I Could you loan me some money so I can start a sporting goods business? I think that's what it was going to be. I think I know nothing about our plan is we'll get good at sports. <laughs> we could do exhibition water polo games and then sell people's water polo you play in a fucking bathing suit what would you be selling doesn't the make any sense of water polo but that's not a sports i mean it's like are they like oh, we have this state-of-the-art water polo trunks you're like, selling them the whole pool those are expensive <laughs> <laughs> fiberglass pools you gotta sell what like three four pools a year and you're good <laughs> well either way he's thinking you know what dad i'm gonna go there I'm going to get a job, and after that, we'll be living in Green City. Oh, man. <laughs> it got on my back. I don't know how that's a first time. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> I was trying to, like, angle it, but I'm wearing a sleeveless shirt, and like my, I could feel it on the back of me. 
It's my massive traps. They just collect the moisture. <laughs> this is Green City from Other Half. It is a double dry half to hazy India Pale Ale, which I've been seeing around a lot lately at like bodegas. So Other Half is trying to take over. And uh, I had thoughts about beer stuff, but I don't think anyone actually cares when we talk too much about beer. So I'll save them for when we're just, we're just drinking them. Next Monday, Nate at Other Half. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I've had this, we've had this before. It's just, it's very, very good. And is uh, smooth for seven. It's it's funny that I see this like single IPA seven percent, and I'm like, uh, kind of a kind of a kind of a pussy beer. <laughs> like that's how much have been broken in. The alcoholism Overton window has been shifted. It has. I've had uh, things done to me that I can't unsee. Speaking of, you can't go back to the old ways. Speaking of which, Nate, what's the difference between a teacher and a train? Do you know this one, Jimmy? Stad joke? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't know what. Well, there's a real answer, and then there's the not real answer that I'm going to give you as well. The, 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 the real popsicle stick version is one says spit out your gum, and the other says choo-choo. <laughs> but the funnier thing is, I've never seen a teacher run on your mom. <laughs> 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 and uh, that's, how, that's what, kind of what happened to me with beer. I've just, <laughs> just had a beer train run on me. I'm just... I just can't walk right anymore. <laughs> so Bib's Speaking gonna, of having trains run on us oh yeah. for money. We could we'll do it for money. <laughs> <laughs> right, my asshole is almost ready to do again. Let's uh so if you want to support the podcast, <laughs> you can head over to patreon.com slash drunk guys book club to get all sorts of shit like um, you know, merch and uh, handwritten letters and and uh, messages and We'll do your recommendations, and you get exclusive content and early access to episodes. And join us for monthly or quarterly live ones, which we are very much due to do one, or it just happened because I'm not sure when this is coming out. And by the way, I said that on an episode we didn't know when it was coming out, like the trial. And then a patron message, because I was like, you probably just missed one. And then a, a patron oh, no. message, like, did I just miss a fucking <laughs> I was like, I'm so sorry, Yolanda. Oops. No, no, we didn't. We didn't. You did we're, not miss one. We're so good at this. Uh, <laughs> it's like, no, but thank time you. Is a, time is a cross-section of a three-dimensional sphere. Spheres are, all spheres are three-dimensional, Jimmy. But it's just, it's just like one section of it. The I intersection of, the of a plane it. and a sphere. Yeah, I know there's a word for it, but I can't think of it. It's, a, it's like... A not lumpy cross-section of a sphere. <laughs> Time is a rounded-out dodecahedron, but in two dimensions. Wasn't that your mom's name in college? Um, I mean, she, was, she, had, she, was, she hadn't rounded out yet. She was still... That <laughs> was only after the kids. So, uh, yeah, you get all sorts of other crap. If you want to join, uh, help us out on Patreon, you can. But if you don't want to because you know, like, you're only working on commission or something, that's fine. You don't have to do that. You can also help us out by leaving a review wherever you're listening. Hopefully a good one, and you could also just tell people to check out the podcast. That's fine. I find that if you tell people on the train, you say, hey, do you listen to the Drunk Guys Book Club podcast? They'll leave you alone and give you their seat. So <laughs> that is... <laughs> Especially if you smell like beer. Uh, <laughs> try it out. Uh, Nate suggests it. Uh, so, you know, that's a thing you could do. Back to the book. Play. So act two is where all the different parts of the plot finally come together. So, first, uh, it opens with Willie. He goes to, like, his boss. Now, oh, oh yeah, one thing we probably didn't, we for, forgot to mention is that, Bill, uh, that Willie is so tired of having to drive everywhere 
and like drive and actually makes it. Also, it's really just to work at all, or it's really to like be the rather humiliating, like, uh, you know, salesman dude, like, oh, can't you just buy this? I mean, it sounds awful to me. I would never want that job. Yep. Whatever. And I don't know what he's selling, and it sounds terrible. But anyway, he goes to his boss and says, I really want to work here from New York. I really can't be on the road anymore. And then he's like, just. Sixty dollars a week, and I can. I'll do. He starts you know, just from right he, here, he keeps, and just he goes negotiates down. Himself boss, down, which is the son of the old boss. So this is kind of a young guy, and he's like, "Sorry, Willie, I can't do that. I I can't have you. We can't do this. Oh, just just thirty dollars a week. No, and he just progressively goes I'll down suck just your for dick. anything quickly, and then and he walks in on the boss's kid. Showing off his new cool recording device, it's where the, he can listen to the, his kid whistle. It's well, he's the boss now. This I mean, guy. yeah, yeah, yeah he is the kid. boss, but he's the boss's son. Yeah. Me, the, the new boss, same as the old yeah. boss. Yeah, and he's like, "Isn't this machine great? You can put, you can record Jack Benny. So when you get home, you can have your maid record it while you're gone. Yeah. So you can you can rec- watch it. You can watch it when, or you can listen to it because you can't watch it. They hadn't invented." VHS. Tapes. Also, yeah, in 1949, there was like there was t- there was barely television at this point. Did you ever go back and see like what the TV guide looks like in like 1950? It's like TV's on for like three hours a day. <laughs> There's no <laughs> nobody's putting anything out. And There's only three channels. But he and the and only thing anyone watches is I Love Lucy. And they watch Johnny Carson. He wasn't on it. It was uh the uh, was it Jack Parr was the host of the Tonight Show before Johnny Carson? Sure. Wasn't on yet, and then you and then you listen to the national anthem, and you stand in your living room, take your hat off, and then you beat your wife and go to sleep like the old days at six at six p.m. Yeah, <laughs> and you better go to bed, honey, before the darkies come out, and then you go to sleep. And it was, <laughs> can you believe they want to vote? That <laughs> that was a night, and Willie Lone was like, "That's the dream," but his boss's son, the boss, the 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 young guy who has no affection for him has bought this thing. He's like, oh, you're, everyone should get one. You should get one for yourself. It's only like 180 bucks, like some pittance. And look, you can listen to my son named the Capitals. <laughs> like, oh, wow, this is, wow, that's, that's great. That's great there, boss. He's going to make a fine CEO of Goldman Sachs one day. <laughs> uh, I believe uh, Silicon Valley <laughs> Bank is uh, what he was tested for. You know, he's going to be really good as the risk management guy they forgot to hire at Silicon Valley Bank. <laughs> They literally had a year without having a fucking risk, like a manager of like risk management, like a risk management. Head. It was just, it was, a, it was a picture of a cat walking on a tightrope that said, no risk, no reward, baby. <laughs> I can has risk. It was like, <laughs> <laughs> lols, it is safe. <laughs> that was it. Ceiling cat says bye. Uh, so, this is fine. Yeah. It was like the, yeah, the, the dog and the flaming cat. So, and then he's like, listen, I just can't give you anything because I am capitalism incarnate and I give a f- zero fucks about the working man. And he's like, please. I worked hard to get here. I was born to, unto my dad. And then, and Willie's like, can you do something? He's like, listen, while we're on it, I don't even want you working here on commission. You got to just go. Yeah. You're an embarrassment, dude. Get your shit together, old man. Deuces. Huh? But... I'll go back on commission. I'll do, I'll go out tomorrow to Boston. He's like, yeah, yeah, no. Fuck it. Fucking just go. And stop yeah. crying. I have people coming in here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fucking monster, this guy. It's a good time. And then, so Willie leaves, and then he uh, goes 
to see his uh, his next door neighbor, but it's next, where his next door neighbor works, and he goes there because uh, you know when he sees this his, the neighbor's son, right? Which was like the same age as his son, Bernard, and, or something like that. Uh, yeah, Bernardo. I think so. It's Bernardo. Yes, Bernardo. Bernardo. He, he was the kid from his Father uh, Riff. Look at the work ethic on these kids, Biff. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be a real shark one day. <laughs> okay, and then so he goes to see his, his neighbor, where he at his neighbor's place of business, his office or wherever it is, and then his neighbor's son is there because he's just on his way out. And because this is, you know, years later, this is when all the kids are adults. He is a very successful lawyer. And you find out at the end of the scene that, oh, yeah, he's got to catch a train to Washington to argue a case in front of the Supreme Court. So he's like a very, very successful lawyer. But he the was about to argue says, a case against black rights. <laughs> <laughs> he's about to argue for separate. Yeah, he was like, no, they are happy as they are. <laughs> I'm so proud of your son. <laughs> Separate but equal is good enough. Keyword good is enough. equal, isn't it? I mean, it says equal right there in the name. It's equal. It says equal. Okay, it should be so separate um, and equal. Why? But there's no no one's losing. No, definitely. <laughs> so anyway, you so so he's it's been years since he's seen this kid who's now in his 30s. You know, and it's like, oh, so how have you been? He's like, yo, yeah, Biff. He's just. Not really, you know, he just hasn't found his thing, but he's also kind of lying. He says, oh, yeah, no, he's been out west doing doing, big doing stuff. West, th- west things. And, you know. <laughs> he's doing big business. Fucked several fat women. They found, <laughs> they found gold in California. He's just, he's lying. Then, he has to lie. He's, he's, he's in competition with his, his son versus this, and he's like, he can't just be happy for this other guy, which is apparently something that, was part of Arthur Miller's actual life. He, in, uh, did you read the introduction? I read the introduction. I did, yeah. yeah. It was actually like, wow, that, that actually added a lot. <laughs> That's a very common thing, though, for like grandparents or whoever to be like, oh, you did that? That's nice. But what about my, my nephew? Or, you know, like, that's like a very... A lot of people grew up with that kind of shit. Oh, yeah. Like, I had, up I had, with I, the Johnsons. Right. But I, I, uh, I know growing up, I had my grandma who I loved. You know, she was great, but... I pair, you know, we had her, you know, brother, and then we had, and she had two other nephews from my uh, my mom's brother, and it just felt like every visit she'd be like, "Oh, your cousins, they really, oh, you know, they always do that. They don't have to be told." And then it was only <laughs> years later talking to them, they're like, when it came out, she was doing the same shit to them about <laughs> us. <laughs> And so, like, no wonder we, like, never liked you guys very much. Grandpa was, like, the opposite of a matchmaker. She's like, let me just stir some shit here. I'm going to just sit back and watch these kids go at it. <laughs> but that's, that's what's happening here with, uh, with old Willie. Yeah, but also, but the son says something that's, like, going to be a clue, which is that, so, I have a question. That summer, that, like, you know, end of senior year when Biff failed math and he wasn't going to be able to graduate and he was all upset and he and he was like and biff was like and biff was determined to like figure out what to do to either go to summer school or to get this credit so we can go to college but he went up to boston to see you and when he came back he was broken when he came back he gave up and he be and 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 then Bernard says he ate too many so beans what? up in Beantown, <laughs> blew his ass out. 
<laughs> and so then Bernard you can't play says, football no more. <laughs> Every time you tackle him, he squirts. He's <laughs> <laughs> got no sphincter left, poor kid. <laughs> you name Navy, Pinto, Candy, whatever it was, he had him there. <laughs> so Bernard says, I don't know why they call him the Red Sox. Should be the Brown Sox after what happened to him. <laughs> And Bernard's like, I'm sorry, his ass that makes. must have been shitty. <laughs> <laughs> so Bernard says, what happened in Boston? Because clearly he was different when he came back. And, and well, he says, what? Uh, nothing. Nothing happened in Boston. Shut your fucking mouth. <laughs> he gets really <laughs> defensive. Yeah, pretty much. He's like, you know what, Bernard? You were always a little slut. He's like, hey, that's kind of escalating things. I've watched. <laughs> So then Willie leaves there after begging for money. Uh, Peggy, Peggy asks the neighbor for money, but it's also like, this is just to borrow. I'm keeping track of everything. And the neighbor is like, Willie, Dude. will you borrow money from me every week? And I will give you a job. And Willie's like, no, no, I have a job. I was just fired, but I have a job. No, I can't work for you. Because he's, he's too I proud. I didn't really know why. He's proud. I, but, okay, too proud. Yeah, that, that makes sense. He's also, just like, his brain proud. is mush. That's given up on the dream, though. Like the, he only has like one form of this dream. It has to happen to be a salesman. It ha- well, it has to. I think it's it's not just about the, the act of being a salesman. I think it's like, it has to be him who does it. He who does it. It cannot be somebody's can't be largesse, some handout, some beneficence. It has to be. But he also, did. if you just have like a regular job, that's a regular thing. But a salesman, you can still make it big. Get that one big sale. Yeah, there's like an element of you control your destiny there. You know, which is and if you don't get it, it's because you're not working hard enough. Which is true. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely true. That's science. That's a science fact. That is true. So oh. in this scene, uh in this scene around here, Willie tells the story about a salesman friend who died, but and who but who was a very successful salesman, and then when he died People from all around came to his funeral, like people that he knew from business or from selling or whatever it is, from Providence, from Boston, from like everybody like came to his funeral because he was so well liked. And when he died after a good, you know, 80 years of yeah, he was like selling shit. Oh, man. He sold, uh, what's, what's the thing? That, sprockets. <laughs> <laughs> the nonsense term. It's always sprockets annoying. and cogs. And he's like, that's going to be me. They used to, I used, there used to be a time I walked in and they were like, oh, it's Willie Loman here. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> but he was like, it's a cool, big shot coming into town. It's the important salesman. He has a ledger. And then, uh, so after that, then Willie goes to the restaurant to meet Hap and Biff because this is like in the, you know, in the late afternoon or the evening where, uh, so so Biff has gone to see to try and see the dude Oliver about staking him twenty thousand so he can start a business. But he gets there. But so so Biff and Happy get there, and then and Biff is like, "That was the worst thing that's ever happened to me. That was like I he I waited for hours. The man refused to see me, and then or he like he then he pretended he didn't know me, and then I remembered. Oh he yeah, actually it's because I stole know. that stuff from him. He doesn't like me. I stole stuff from him. He hates me. I thought he so actually went and stole. Didn't, his I, I didn't I, know who he was. Like it, he actually forgot him. I thought it was because 
uh, Biff had exaggerated his role to Willie. Yeah, he's like, I told him I was a, a oh, salesman. Was like, Actually, I was a shipping clerk, and we didn't really talk much. Yeah, he might have been I, nice I, to me I one time. I got the impression that he actually was like, oh, hey, I don't know who you are, and just kept going. And then he, and then he thought about the stealing the thing as like, that. maybe that must be, that must be why it is. It's his way of rationalizing it. Like, I, I didn't mean shit to this guy. Okay, maybe. And then... Either way, the, it's not good. Uh, yeah, not good. And so that, so Biff and Hap get there, and they're like, I just, it, I can't, you know, they, it was terrible. I, it was awful. And then I realized something that, like, well, I, I went in there, and I stole this pen to try to, like, get back. And then I realized, like, why the fuck do I have this pen? This is dumb. And then, uh, but Hap is like, don't tell Dad. He's, uh, you know, he's going insane. He, like, hates that you're not successful. Just tell, just lie to him. Tell him something. Just, stall. Just say, like he's stall. Just say, you've got a, you, just say you've got a lunch meeting tomorrow. Oh, no, I didn't get the thing today, but I got a lunch meeting tomorrow. And, but, and, and Biff is like, no, I don't want to do that. But I was like, get there, and they have this thing. And, and this Meanwhile, is where... Happy's trying to pick up tail. It's the only thing he's good at. Happy, yeah, well, that's why they call him Happy, because he's getting his dick sucked. Happy is, he's like, I don't care about anything else. Just by, li- by lying out of his ass. Oh, yeah. Well, he's, he's, the, he's the original pickup artist. <laughs> and probably would make a pretty good salesman. That's, ooh, that's an ironic thing or something, right? Mm. But he's, like, also a loser. Like, he doesn't do anything in life. Well, because he doesn't actually work hard, because uh, he only cares about the ladies. He doesn't care about actually oh. making any money. That's why he's still living at home with his parents. Work. Well, he has doesn't. an apartment. Who does? Yeah, he has the apartment. He lives in town. He has a job, but it's like he's kind of locked into his position because the only promotion above him is a guy who's there's one other guy, and he's just waiting for that guy to die. And he also keeps banging all of his boss's fiancés. Oh, yeah. Because he can. Because he fucking can. That <laughs> <laughs> fucking dumb meme thing. I mean, I get it. Work sucks, but it won't suck your dick. So if he can get Unless. laid... Oh. Usually you have to you have to do other things. Then <laughs> I don't know if you want to do those things. So Biff like tries to lie a little bit to say that oh yeah I've got a no no don't be disappointed sorry dad I've got a thing tomorrow but he's actually lying and it doesn't go well but then Biff and but then they leave and then and then Willie is like has a flashback scene where he remembers what happened in Boston which is like what happened when went back and. Back when Biff was failing to graduate high school, and then he, which he was actually pass trig or something, he had, well, he had it a, was probably pretty hard. He had a, t, he had a, he so he had through his football prowess had three colleges that had accepted him or were going to give him a scholarship or something like that. He just had to graduate, and his and Bernard, the nerdy kid, was like, "Biff's going to fail," and Willie's like, "Shut up, you loser! My son's going to be a king." And he's like, but now seriously, the teacher, Mr. Burnbaum or whatever his name is, he's going to fail Biff. He's one of those guys. I say, like, I'm going to teach that kid a hard lesson. You fucking cut my class, son. I will fail you, which I guess is a real thing that happened back then. I mean, I I imagine back then they were way more lenient towards student athletes. (laughs) But yeah, Mm -hmm. the teacher, he's like in New York. In, I don't know. I mean, he had to take. The, well, he had. They say that he had to take the regents, which isn't he true. Had to take the it's not true, though. In New York, you, you didn't need the regents to graduate. Then the regents was a special thing. It was for if you're going to go to college. But even That's so, even so, it was really just like to show. It was like AP, the equivalent of like an AP exam today. It's just yeah. show like so you didn't have to take that class later. 
But like, who the fuck expects their football player to know anything? They have to count to four downs. <laughs> That's it. Four. They could lose a finger and still do it with one hand. <laughs> so Biff has like a memory of what happened in Boston, which is that he was having an affair. The secretary, like the, the, the off, office secretary was like in the hotel room with him and Biff like knocks and they're like with, with Willie and they're like, Oh, hey, and they're like laughing and, you know, clearly uh, either just had sex or about to couldn't quite tell. But anyway, there's knocking on the door, knocking on the door a little in there. Yeah. There was some anal. <laughs> Not, and then there's like knocking on He's the door. He's a salesman, like, you know, he pitched it to her and she was like, right, I'll try it. <laughs> They don't call it Bean Town for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally, after a bunch of knocking, like, okay, I'll answer it. And it's Biff. And, and Biff is like, Ted, I failed math. What do I do? But the woman is there. And it's like, you are cheating on mom. And at first, Willie is trying to say, oh, no, don't worry. That's, she's just... You know... They're painting her room. Yes, they're painting her room. Oh, she's just washing her hair. She, or This lady either doesn't give a fuck or is really dumb that can't pick up on things. She's like, Willie, give me my stockings. <laughs> she's like, what, woman? These are samples. And he's like winking furiously. <laughs> she's like, oh, man, you're so funny. That's like when you said you were only going to put one finger in. Ah, <laughs> like ah, this. I think they're done painting your room. I could smell the primer. And she's like, "You just painted my room." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you painted my womb, Willie. <laughs> she can't even say the first R in a word. She's so Boston. <laughs> you painted my womb. A womb. <laughs> The head on you, you'd think you're from Braintree. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Marble head? No? Uh. Ale, you're, can you be my ale wife? Uh, and so, uh, anyway, they, so, so, Willie gets her to leave. Like, well, you just get the fuck out and pretend. But of course, it's obvious. And at first, Willie is like, when you're Ixnay old. Ixnay on just... the adultery A. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah, it's basically what he says. Willie tries to say, oh, when you're older, you'll understand these things. And, of course, it was like, that is the dumbest she thing to say. just fell on my says, penis, son. It was an accident. <laughs> Could have happened to like, anyone. <laughs> he's like, shut the fuck up. That's an order. Stop crying. That's an order. Stop being a Stop bitch. Cry- Your dad got some. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> Can't you smell it? <laughs> smell my fingers, son. <laughs> She was prime. <laughs> anyway, so now you realize that Biff, you know, realized that he says, like, you're a fraud. You're a phony. I forget which one he says. But it's like, you're, you know, you're a phony. That clearly his father acted like he was a big shot. He was a big deal. And Biff believed I'm going to be a big deal like my father. But actually his father is just a piece of shit. And, and Willie's like, it, like, was a li- it was all a lie. But Willie's like, son... I just got laid. And he's like, Dad, quit going off on tangents. He's like, oh, now you know math. And, <laughs> <laughs> and so that's why both Bill, uh, Biff feels like, okay, so Willie believes that Biff gave up his future, like gave up on his like football career, on going to college, on being a big man, on being successful, simply to spite Willie. 
just to punish him. Whereas Willie probably also believes like, oh my God, this is all my fault. Like this is, you know, this, I, I did this and it feels terrible about it. And that's why they don't get along. That's why they just hate, they just always fight with each other. And then eventually Willie gets home and then Biff and Hap get home and the mother is like, mother is like, you fucking left him in the restaurant, you pieces of shit. And she's finally like not a nice lady anymore. She's now like, I'm so mad at you. How can you do that? And Biff is like, you know what? I'm out. I just, I'm, you know what? This is it. I'm leaving. I'm never coming back. You're going to say you don't know where I am and you don't care. Just, I'm, I'm leaving. But just, Dad, shake my hand. He's like, no, I won't do that. Just leave. It's like, you, you can't, I, you're going to let me leave like that? Yep, this is how you're leaving. But then they, you think it's going to be over, but then it isn't. Then they like literally almost like have a fight and they shout at each other. And then Biff is like, I realized in this that I don't want to be important. I don't need to be this big successful person. And he says it in much nicer words than I'm using. But uh, he says, like, I don't care. I know what I care about in life, and I'm just not going to do that. I know what I am, you know? Yeah. No, I know, I know my lane. And Willie. And, and they sort of, like, they come to an understanding. And then Biff is like, oh, I'll leave tomorrow. And then they all kind of go. And then the, the scene kind of ends. And it was like, okay, we'll just go to bed. We'll leave tomorrow. At least we have some sort of thing happen but then willie has another one of his hallucinations and he's like i have to go i have to go and it's like in 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 the wife linda the wife is like come up to bed and willie's like nope no i just i, I just have to leave he picks up his keys and he walks out the front door and then it's car crash and that's the end of act two and then there's only one tiny little scene at the at or after that which is just uh, they're standing at, at Willie's funeral, and the wife said, and Linda says, I don't understand. I made the final payment on the house this week. I made the final payment on the house. And, and it ends with the line, she, she says, I just can't cry. I just, but I just don't understand. It's like, we're free, Willie. We're free. We're free. And that's how it ends. Yeah. That's bleak. The American dream and scene. Mm -hmm. so what do you guys think so i felt like well okay i am very glad that i actually just watched it while i was reading it and just kind of tried to follow both because it definitely helped understand what was going on because it's so fucking frustrating to read something that's was the movie faithful to the the, oh yes it was only the tiniest changes from the from the like ebook version the only the tiniest changes, and it would, they would just be like cut one little line here, one line there. It was almost exactly the same, you know, because Arthur Miller was still alive. I think oh, he died in two thousand five. He died. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There you go. So I'm sure he was one of the producers, and I'm sure he was only going to be done with pretty much the exact script that he had originally written. So it was. I mean, because I was following it word for word, and it was only like you would notice that the actors would make one tiny little change. Like an act, like an an extra, like well or um or an extra. But other than that, even though they like almost speak in dialect, this like New York old timey old timey dialect, they still was so faithful to the script. But anyway, I'm glad I watched it 
because it helped understand what was going on. And it's so frustrating. It's hard read to read something where you just yeah. have no idea. Like, what is this? It's so frustrating. So anyway, I was very glad about that. And so at first, in the first half, okay, so I read this, or I was supposed to read this in a high school English class. I was supposed to read this in high school, which I'm sure I think you guys did too. I and I remember nothing. I remember only one line from high school, which was the line like, I finished paying off the house. And I was like, oh, wow. The only line I I remembered was when they're at the grave and Happy says, like, Willie Loman will not have died in vain. And I was like, oh, yeah, he he will. (laughs) He did. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I actually didn't read this in high school. It was was weird in in high school, Jimmy. Like, there was, I'm not sure if they they didn't have enough of certain books, but there were some, like, we'd all be taking the same, like, Senior like just English class. Teachers had different, and some teachers were like, "I don't want to teach death of a salesman. I'm going to go do well, I don't know, fuck what we did instead." But I didn't read that either. But it was like whatever else book we're going to do. Like I remember see, this was I remember Candide. Se- Candide was a senior year of high school book, and all I remember was like, and they only had one butt cheek. Everyone had one butt cheek the whole fucking book. But <laughs> it, it was so it was really odd in our high school. Like everybody, like everybody reads the Odyssey. Now everybody reads. You know the sound of waves, and then it's a free for all. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, like all right. I never the sound of waves either. We're reading Red Badge of Courage, and then the other class is like we're doing Catcher in the Rye. Like those aren't even like the same. They're not like, replaceable. Like so, I don't know what we read instead. But I remember other people reading Death of a Salesman, and I'm I'm pretty sure we read something longer because like that book looks that looks small. I want that one. I could not read. I, could, I cannot I could, read that pre- a lot faster. I, yeah, I could pretend not read to read this that other way one. more easily. <laughs> we read it, and everybody had to do like a project, like based on the play. So you became then, a salesman. Uh, <laughs> no, like the, the but the, the you had like you had like a, a choice of like Selling five or six different guitars. projects. Oh man, and it was just Kill like <laughs> one of the projects was like just make make a pamphlet for the play. But like with a synopsis of it, or with it with a come see the play. With, here's how it ends. <laughs> yeah, and it was just like and he then dies, someone, and you get up there and you have to go up front and like read it, read your fucking pamphlet, and then you realize, and the teacher who was uh, kind of a dickhead, it was just like, mm, well, that's more of a summary than a synopsis. Um, so you get a seventy-two. I was like, okay, well, like me and my partner for the project, uh, we built their house out of Legos because. <laughs> Dude, like the project had no nothing to fucking do with the play, and then it was <laughs> like, yeah. I, I honestly I can't remember if this was. This was this, I don't know if this was Death of a Salesman or this was for a different book. I honestly can't remember right now. But I think it was because they built the thing and like, oh, here you have the car and here's the tree. And the guy was like, "What kind of tree was it?" It's like I, I don't. It's a tree. It's like it was an oak tree. Do you know why it's an oak tree? It's like I, I don't know. It's like it's the most American tree. It's like. It's like Okay, thank you for that. Okay. I'm learning so fucking much <laughs> from this fucking project. This is stupid. I know that guy. He went crazy, so fuck him. <laughs> yeah. It was like, it was the ultimate, it was like, what What are we getting out of this? Beyond like, clearly as a bunch of 16-year-olds really struggling with the concept of not living a fulfilling professional life. Uh Yes. What the Realizing fuck is the point your of this? dreams are beyond your reach when <laughs> yeah. it's too late to do anything about it <laughs> really speaks to teenagers. <laughs> Fucking idiots. 
thanks, English teacher. You tell me yeah. how that feels to not live up to your fucking <laughs> dreams. How's that novel you plan to write coming along? The good American novel. Not great. <laughs> good American novel. It'll be liked, but not well liked. <laughs> I'm trying to write the, the good American novel. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I'll settle for the not bad American novel. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so what did I think of it? I, so, okay, first half, I was like, uh, this is whatever. It, and, but then when it got to the second act, I was like, oh my God. Oh <laughs> no. I get it. Oh fuck. <laughs> He's oh, actually no, going to die. Was, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I just meant like, I really was like, oh my God, this is really sad. This is like, you know, it's like, oh, and I'm like, oh, no, don't do that. Oh, no, 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 don't, don't, don't do that. <laughs> Even though he's having flashbacks for stuff that happened 20 years ago. I'm like, oh, God, you did not. And I'm like, felt really bad for him. And there's this one line where he's talking to the imaginary Ben. And Willie says, you know, who is like the person he looks up to. And Willie says, it's all gone wrong, wrong, Ben. What do I do? Help. And Ben just says, the diamonds in Africa or something dumb like that. I was like, I felt so bad. I've really felt so bad for him. And it's like, you know, and so by the end, I was like, I like this. This is pretty good. I really was into it. First half, I didn't know what it was. And then the second half, I was like, oh, okay, this is good. Jimmy, what do you think the, the first time you actually read it? The first time I read it, I was 16. No, and I, I, got, I don't think you really And I got a C on my Lego house. <laughs> <laughs> And my dad got mad at me because I didn't do very well because I only he's like, oh, you should maybe you shouldn't have built a Lego house. Like <laughs> that wasn't the problem. The problem was I didn't know what kind of fucking tree the Legos were. Not that I thought it mattered that much, but apparently it did. I don't know. According to that guy's fucking PhD, whatever the fuck, you know, no, not really he was, thesis. He was yeah, but it was. It's it's something that is like all high school books they make us read wildly lost, but even maybe even more so than others because it's just about. Failing, you need to as an adult some life, yeah. (laughs) Like Like where I am right now in my life at this exact week I'm in, I fucking get it. So it's like this hurts. (laughs) This one hits too close to home. You fucking dick. I'm glad you're dead, Arthur. (laughs) I get it. Yeah, no, and I feel like as I get as I get older, whether I'm more or less successful, this will feel more close to home in some ways. (laughs) Like, oh, man, yeah, that, this is how Oh, shit goes. just doesn't work out if you just keep trying. Sometimes it just doesn't. Sometimes, sometimes you fuck fo- you. Sometimes you follow the wrong dream is kind of part of it, too, right? Like, and you don't... Sometimes you give up on a dream to just take a path you think is the right thing to do, and that doesn't work either. And if your dream is the wrong dream, should you, shouldn't you give up on it? It's like, no, dump that shit. That is the wrong <laughs> thing for you. He, somebody should have told him that 30 years before. But, but the problem is, like, you don't know what's going to work out, right? Like, how many, how, there's, for every story of somebody who goes, yeah, I realized it wasn't for me to go into field X, so I went into this, and now I'm successful, there's at least the same number of stories of people who are like, you know what, I thought it wasn't for me, but I kept going, and now I'm successful. Like, there are way more factors than just you and the the you know uh, viability of your dream. <laughs> there are a lot of other things at play, and you yeah. control none of them. 
Nope. No say. So it's fucking soul crushing. And watch this shithead guy who drove thousands of miles a week so he could sell pantyhose or whatever just kill himself in the end. Man, that's rough. In the introduction, I learned that Willie... So Willie believes that America is the land of opportunity and success, and so if he didn't find success, it must be his fault. Like, it must be something wrong with him. And... I'm sure, I mean, I can kind of see how somebody might think that, at least in this, you know, make-believe version, but... We're still kind of know, told that. I mean, we don't believe it as readily anymore, but we're, we're it's still largely the, you know, the idea. Well, it all, yeah. yeah. I guess it depends on what you mean by success, right? But he, he, he also, though, has flaws. It's not, it's not just that the dream is untenable. It's that he's stupid. <laughs> he's a proud asshole who refuses yeah. help when it's there for him and raises his children like a shithead. It's not just the American dream. No, he's also bad at it. He's, yeah. His is the American, you know, like, oh, no, I was just resting my eyes. And that's, <laughs> of course that doesn't work. Everyone knows you're not just resting your eyes. Right, it's like when I watch a movie with my wife and she's like, no, and I'm still watching this. I'm like, you, what just happened? She's like, oh, fucking shut up. <laughs> still, still, still there. That's <laughs> like the synopsis she could manage. Like, they're they're doing things. <laughs> a, there's one character. <laughs> yeah, he's doing it. <laughs> that's that's the level of dream he's man. He's he's there's a, there is a line um highlighted of like when he's like this is the American dream for dummies. He said, what's the mystery? The man knew what he wanted. I forget who he's talking about. Is this about his brother? Or... Yeah, he's talking about his brother, Ben, who went to Alaska in like the Klondike rush or something. And he said, what's the mystery? The man knew what he wanted, and he went out and got it. Walked into a jungle and comes out at the age of 21, and he's rich. The world is an oyster, but you don't crack it open on a mattress. Like, um, okay, yeah, sort of. But like, it's a lot. there's a lot more to success than that. Just like you got to go out there and do success. You know, he's he's, a, he's go he's, go do a colonization. <laughs> he's dumb. He, Willie's Willie's kind of a dope. This is why we have compulsory education now because Willie was a fucking idiot. There, this was what people were told then. It's like you know, it's all out there. You just got to go out there and work hard for it, and you'll you'll be the next American success story. Well, for a little while, that was probably true when like half the country was free land. Essentially, <laughs> you said to go out there and just go take it. Yeah, well, that was really hard work from though. someone. <laughs> and how many of those people did still fail at that? I mean, sure. You don't hear about them? No. Because they failed. Because they're buried in shallow graves. <laughs> <laughs> they're eaten by fucking wolves. They're, they are scalps somewhere. You know, there was, you know that, that's part of the, the myth. And every, I'm sure every country has this. Every culture has a version of this. Like, you know, America's is just newer and, and better documented. So it's you know, not yeah. true it is. Like, dude, we had, we, like, what are you talking about? There were cameras then. We know that's not true. <laughs> you just went over to California and became a gold prospect. That's not, how, or you just went out and started your sod house farm and became rich. Like, no, actually, most, you know, life is hard. But enough people became successful and the legend grew from them, right? Enough people were like, was it Rockefeller who was like incredibly cheap and he like lived on nothing? Even after until he became the world's richest man, like he like lived in a fucking one room, uh, you know, 
bedroom that he rented or something like that. It was basically a closet. It's Warren Buffett. <laughs> oh, Warren Buffett who's like, yeah, my, I don't, it's, it's messed up how much I don't pay in taxes. Well, sorry. <laughs> Fucking assholes. I do sympathize. The taxes on owning the state of Nebraska are not that high. Well, it turns out it's unimproved land because you can't improve it. It's garbage. Sorry, heart too harsh against Nebraska. That's that's the line. After what you guys have said about the South, Jimmy. <laughs> no, yeah, fuck Nebraska. Okay. Nebraska's not the South. I know, no, but Jimmy's constantly like Alabama, Satan's Dingleberry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know shit about Nebraska actually. Is that the Hoosier? No one, one does. There's nothing to know. It's like Cornhusker State. What is which one is Nebraska? It's the corn one. They got the life. Oh, wrong corn. I think is it is it Nebraska? What their official state's tourism slogan is, honestly, it's not for everyone. That that would be two on the nose. I think that, I think that I think that's Nebraska. Yeah, wow, it is. Honestly, it's not yeah. for everyone. <laughs> that's their state tourism slogan. They like, they, hey, you're not really gonna like this. Probably don't bother. They clearly have a sense <laughs> of humor, though. <laughs> Imagine being the uh, the ad agency that they pay to do that. And like, oh, we got this one, boss. It's fucking Nebraska. It's dog shit. Shh. Play it, play it cool. Play it cool. No, we did Nebraska is dog shit two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> we need a new Listen, one. We're gonna try to. We're gonna bid. We're gonna play with them a little bit. We're gonna get them to raise their bid, and then we'll hit them with the. It's not for everyone. <laughs> Comparatively, this is great. Yeah, it's like Nebraska. It's an acquired taste. And Some people like, are cat mm. people, you know. <laughs> Nebraska, okay, it's not just left Twix. It's like, what? So there was one. <laughs> there was one line I highlighted because I just like the way uh, language has changed. Um, oh yeah, Biff. It was their mother talking to them about. Uh, yeah, I know she goes. Yeah, <laughs> Linda. Linda talking to uh, Willie, saying, "Hey, you know, the kids want to have a meal with you." He says, Biff came to me this morning, Willie, and he said, "Tell Dad we want to blow. <laughs> we want to blow him to a big meal." <laughs> Don't it's say. Like, Who thought of like, that? What? What could that have meant? <laughs> it just keeps going. You and your two boys. He goes. Oh. You and two boys are gonna have dinner. <laughs> Hope you're hungry. <laughs> like, Dad, you're gonna sit there at the table and eat this dinner, and we're both gonna blow you. I don't. Families were different back then. I mean, I'm glad he died. If this is what he made his children do. <laughs> no wonder they left with those ladies if that was the uh, the next part of the meal. <laughs> We're not tipping well in this meal. That's a bad taste in my mouth. <laughs> They're going to blow you to a big meal. And he's like, is there any other way, honey? <laughs> so who should read this book? No one should read it. Who should see it? No one should read it. <laughs> Uh, I I, I you know entirely I, agree. I you should go and it. see it. You should go and see it, and only and at maybe the not Scranton when you're local 16. theater this <laughs> season. <laughs> and maybe reading it when you're 16 isn't a good idea. But if you're if you're old enough to listen to this podcast, then you know maybe. And if you're not old enough to listen to this podcast, please give us five stars. If you're depressed, you should read it. Yeah, it'll make that long. Dark journey It'll into really night. Just put the better f- final nail in the coffin. <laughs> and if you're looking for something to read while getting blown to a big dinner, this is by awesome. your sons. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I don't know why they call them happy. That sounds pretty miserable to me. Happy and Biff. Maybe Biff was one the s- uses his hands more. Maybe Biff was the sound effect when his dad unloaded in their faces, like yeah. like a comic book. He's Splat, like, Biff. <laughs> I think. Well, tell us what right, you yeah, thought. Fine. No, I don't care. It's fine. I agree. It's fine. You fucking tell us what you thought. Send us an email to drunkguysbookclub at gmail And if you want to blow us to a big dinner, you can head over to slash drunkguysbookclub. Yeah, do the Twitter. Oh, and follow us at Twitter. Twitter at drunkguysbc. That's B as in blow. <laughs> C is in dinner. <laughs> and you can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Drunk Guys Book Club. Hey. And don't forget to join us on Goodreads here on the podcast where we are, are also on Goodreads. And check out the Hopped Up Network, a network of independent beer podcasters. And thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.